Welcome to Not Your Daughter's Witchcraft, a podcast hosted by me, Lilith Amberley. If you're exploring witchcraft for something beyond the aesthetic, if some social media platforms make you cringe and say, that's not me, if you're looking to build a practice that enhances your life, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to episode five of Not Your Daughter's Witchcraft. So first, let me begin by apologizing for my voice. I am going to do my very, very best to clean up this audio, but I am getting over the flu and bronchitis, so my voice is not in the greatest of shape, and I apologize for that. Today, I want to talk about planetary magic. Planetary magic in its simplest form is using the energy of the planets to help catalyze our magic. And generally, I'll do this in one of two ways or in a combination. So first, I might time my magic to match the virtues of the planet that I need in my work, or I'll include materials that are under the influence of or ruled by the planet that I want to use in my spellcraft. So to use either of these methods, first you have to understand um, the influences and virtues of each planet. And today we're going to talk about the original seven. And those were Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, the Sun, Venus, Mercury, and the Moon. So I, I understand the Sun and the Moon are not actual planets, but historically when you go back and you um, when you read about the original seven, those were included. So let's talk about each of them for a few minutes. So first, Henrique Cornelius Agrippa von Nettesheim, which I'm probably butchering, was born in 1486. And Agrippa, he was a German mystic and alchemist who wrote several manuscripts, including the three books of occult philosophy. Now, he was accused of being a charlatan or a fake. He also angered the church and was ousted from his community after defending a woman accused of witchcraft in 1520. But he published an entire classification of plants, animals, metals, elements, etc., and which planet they were under the influence of or ruled by. He also believed and published that each planet leaves an imprint by the way of a seal over the thing that it rules. So let's go through them just for a minute so we have an idea of what some of those things are that each planet rules over. So Saturn is said to rule over Earth, then water, lead, gold, onyx, sapphire, daffodils, rue, mandrake, the cypress tree, all creeping things on the earth, all serpents, cats, wolves, hares, bats, and crows. Jupiter is said to rule over the air, nourishment, vegetation, tin, silver, sapphires, emeralds, green jasper, garden basil, mints, violets, oak, beech, hazel trees, corn, barley, wheat, elephants, sheep, hens, pelicans, the dolphin, and the eagle. Mars rules over fire, iron, diamonds, jasper, amethyst, garlic, radish, wolfsbane, horse, mules, goats, hawks, sturgeon, nettle, and onions. Venus rules over air and water, silver, brass, chrysolite, carnelian, valerian, thyme, coriander, the swan, swallows, and dogs. The sun is said to rule over fire, chrysolite, hyacinths, marigolds, ginger, cedar, palm, mint, cinnamon, saffron, cloves, lion, the bull, and the boar. And you'll notice that there's some crossover between these, as in um, 
some things are ruled by more than one planet. And again, these are just, just some examples. Mercury rules over water, quicksilver, tin, agates, hazel, parsley, apes, foxes, weasels, nightingales, parrots, and mullet. And the moon is said to rule over earth, then water, silver, pearls, rosemary, the olive tree, dogs, chameleons, panthers, cats, geese, ducks, waterfowl, crabs, and frogs. So if you notice uh, in each of those descriptions, we did talk about the elements in there. So just kind of to recap those and pull those out for a minute, we have the four elements and their ruling planets. So fire is ruled by Mars and the sun. Air is ruled by Jupiter and Venus. Water is ruled by Saturn and Mercury. Earth is ruled by the moon. So it's important to know, um, to remember some of those things that the planets rule over, but also to know the virtues or characteristics of the planets. So that's you probably actually need to know that first. You need to know the virtues of the planets to help determine, again, whether you're going to use them in timing or you're going to use one of their correspondences to make sure that you're pulling the correct characteristics for your spells. So planetary magic was described in many ancient grimoires throughout time, and one of the most influential was the Key of Solomon. So the Key of Solomon is a grimoire that was believed to come from King Solomon himself. So I'm talking about the King Solomon from the Bible, from the Old Testament, from the Tanakh, the Quran, those old books, that King Solomon. But the truth is, it was written during the Renaissance. So whether that work was actually came from uh, more ancient works of King Solomon, whether they were inspired by King Solomon, or if it was just written by authors during the Renaissance, we're not really sure. To go into some of the detail in describing some of those virtues, um, let's just talk about those for a minute. So the virtues of Saturn. Saturn was said to be, it's all about structure, restrictions, hard work, discipline, destruction, death, and is also said to be the doorway to the outer planets. Jupiter, almost the exact opposite, is um, where Saturn was about structure and restrictions. Jupiter is all about abundance and prosperity, vastness, governance, leadership, those kind of qualities. Mars is all about war, battle, courage, aggression, discord, conquering our enemies. This is the warrior. The sun is all about enlightenment, vibrancy, outward energy, illumination, brightness, our ego, our will, our good health, or health gains. Venus, as you guessed it, is all about love. So Venus is about love, friendship, kindness, joy, travel, all of those things that make us feel good. Mercury is about movement, communication, intellect, business, merchandise, and also theft and deceit. And virtues of the moon include psychic powers, intuition, our dreams, sex, navigation, reconciliation, and our emotions. So those are some of the examples of the virtues. So how do we incorporate that then into our magic? Well, remember I said there was two ways. The first was to incorporate the virtues of the planets by using the herbs, stones, etc. that they rule over in your spellcraft, um, so using one of those items in your magical work, or by inscribing one of the symbols on your work. So maybe, you know, for a candle spell, inscribing the symbol of the planet into the candle itself, or drawing it on a piece of paper. 
So for example, perhaps I'm casting a spell to help my work get noticed out there in the world. So I might consider adding a symbol of Mercury to the spell itself, or actually placing the symbol of Mercury on the work itself. So perhaps it's a newsletter or um, some sort of other paper or electronic written type of communication, I might want to include maybe down in the little corner something, the symbol of Mercury to help that document be carried forward um, and get communicated to the right people. I might consider carrying a talisman made with something like black onyx. If I'm working to manifest something, you know, really grand, say like a five-year plan for my financial health, I might consider writing it out on a piece of paper and inscribing that piece of paper with a symbol for Jupiter on it. So the second way that I incorporate the planets into my magic is by coordinating my spellcraft with the days and the hours of the planets. So each day of the week is ruled by one of those original seven planets. So Sunday is ruled by, you guessed it, the Sun, Monday the Moon, Tuesday Mars, Wednesday Mercury, Thursday Jupiter, Friday Venus, and Saturday Saturn. And we'll get to how that order came to be in just a few minutes. But in its simplest form, you can just try to match up the spell to the day of the week ruled by the planet that you want to include in your magic. But you can get a whole lot more specific from there because not only does each day have a ruling planet, each hour of each day has a ruling planet. So if we talk about planetary hours, there's a couple things, actually three things that you need to remember if you were going to try to figure this out. First, you need to know the order of the seven planets which we'll talk about. So it's not the same order as the days of the week. So the planetary, the planetary hours are a different order. So you need to know the order of the planets. You need to know the time of sunrise and sunset wherever you are. And you need to remember that the first planetary hour of each day begins at sun sunrise and that that planetary hour is going to correspond to the planet ruling the day. So for example, the first planetary hour on Sunday will be ruled by the sun. The first planetary hour on a Monday will be ruled by the moon, etc. Um, so let's talk about the order of the planets for the planetary hours for a minute. So that order is Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, the sun, Venus, Mercury, and then the moon. And like I said, this is different than the order of the days of the week. Um, so this is kind of interesting. And um, I spent actually quite a bit of time trying to understand where this order originated from. Because in several texts that, you know, if you went to look, you'd see that this is referred to as the Chaldean order, saying that it came from the Chaldean oracles. So Chaldea was another name for Babylon, and the oracles were a group of philosophical and religious texts with some of their fragments surviving throughout time. So I went through them and I read them, and I couldn't find in there anywhere where it talked about the actual order of the planets for the purpose of the hours or magic. Now, it's, it's possible that I missed it somewhere, but I couldn't find it. What I did find in my research was that Saturn in the Chaldean oracles was designated as the first paternalistic god and intellect. So interesting, Saturn, paternalistic, and you think those virtues of Saturn, you know, structure, rules, rigidity, historically, we, we think of those kind of like father-like characteristics. Jupiter was named second. So Jupiter was the second god mentioned in the Chaldean oracles and was described as the artificer or creator of the universe. But those were the only two that I could find. 
if you go back and you look at the Key of Solomon, it does say in there that the order may have been arranged by the speed of the planets in which they were believed to revolve around the Earth. Because remember, back in the time of, you know, when the Chaldean oracles were written, they believed that the Earth was the center of the universe. And this is still relevant in our magic today, because although, you know, we know that all things do not revolve around the Earth, when we're creating magic, I view my magic and myself, the magician, as being the center of my own universe at that point in time when I'm creating magic. So you are the center of your universe. I'm the center of my universe. So again, that, that still has relevance for me. Um, if you have trouble understanding, you know, you being the center of the universe, go ask a few teenagers. They'll be able to explain it and you'll understand what I mean for sure. So first we had Saturn mentioned, and then Jupiter. And then if we go in the order of the amount of time the planets took to revolve around the Earth, you would have Mars, then the Sun, Venus, Mercury, and the Moon. So that's how they came up, or that we're going to go with that's how they came up with the planetary hours. So how did we get the order of the days of the week from that? So in 321 CE, the Roman Emperor Constantine established the seven-day week for the Roman calendar and designated Sunday as the first day. The order was then determined by the ruling planet at sunrise each day. So now we have to go back to the order of those planetary hours. So if you're starting with Sunday and sunrise on Sunday, that hour is ruled by the sun. So if we go in order, the second hour, the second planetary hour of the day on Sunday would be Venus, then Mercury, then the Moon, Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, then you go back to the Sun, Venus, Mercury, the Moon, Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, etc. Now each planetary hour is not always 60 minutes. So to figure this out, you have to first split each day in two. So the first half of the day is going to go from sunrise to sunset, and then the second half from sunset to sunrise. So the first half of the day, you calculate the amount of time from sunrise to sunset and then divide that by 12. That number is going to be the length of time for one planetary hour that day between sunrise and sunset. Then you have to do the same thing again for the second half of the day. So from sunset to sunrise, you take the amount of time between those two, divide it by 12, and that's going to be the length of time of each planetary hour from sunset to sunrise that day. Now, if you sat down and you calculated this out, you would find that if you start on a Sunday at sunrise, you know, with sun ruling the sunrise hour, if you follow that through in that order, you're going to find that on Monday at sunrise, the moon is going to be ruling that hour. On Tuesday, you're going to find Mars ruling that hour, etc. So that's how you end up with the order of the days of the week. Now, the good thing is you don't ever have to calculate that because there are so many websites out there that you can just find that for any given date, time, place where you are. So how would we actually use this in our magic? Well, if we know the planet that rules each day, and we know what those virtues are, we can then take each planetary hour of each day and really pinpoint when we want to do our work. You know, what point of the day might make our magic the strongest? So say, for example, you're looking to uncover a theft. You know, something's been stolen for, from you, and you're trying to figure out who did it. So remember, we have Mercury. And one of the virtues of Mercury was stolen goods and theft. 
So we might consider doing our spell on a Wednesday, the day of Mercury, during the hour of the sun. Why would we pick the hour of the sun? Well, the sun shines light on things. So Mercury could be about stolen goods and theft, and the sun is about, is about shining light on something. So sh shining light on that situation. Now keep in mind, each planet is going to rule several times each day. So you can keep it as general as the day of the week, or more specific to the day of the week and one of the planetary hours, or even more specific than that. In this case, maybe we want to do our spell on a Wednesday during the planetary hour of the sun, but during the planetary hour of the sun, that's during the dark part of the day because this theft, this is something that's hidden. So that's, you know, we have the darkness, we have the situation that's hidden. The situation is the theft, so that's the day of Mercury, and we have the sun shining light on it. So that's how I might decide to time a spell like that. So let's, let's do another example. So let's say we want to increase our wealth or increase abundance somehow in our life. We might want to consider pairing up Jupiter and the sun. You know, those are two real powerhouses for acquisitions, achievement, and success. So you might consider doing that spell on a Thursday, which is the day of Jupiter, in the hour of the sun, or on a Sunday, in the hour of Jupiter. So that's how you would use that type of magic. You can play with some of the other combinations. You know, what about putting, say, Mercury and Jupiter together? So Jupiter, we know, is all about acquiring wealth and money and finances, and perhaps paired with Mercury has something to do with investments or our money growing, moving money back and forth in order to make more money. So kind of, you know, think about it like that. What about Venus and Mars? You know, we know those are pretty opposite, but perhaps you need, in a situation, you need courage and maybe you also need kindness. So you might consider using Mars and Venus together for that. And when you think about it, you really have more than 49 different combinations that you can, um, you know, really hone in on to give your spells that extra kick because you have seven days of the week and then you have the seven planetary hours but you have those coming up multiple times each day. So there you have a pretty basic overview of planetary magic. It does sound, I'm sure as you're listening to this, can be complicated, but once you start thinking about it and you start playing with these combinations, it really does get easier from there. I would challenge you to try some simple spells and try them on different days of the week or different planetary hours, record them and see, you know, what differences there might be, you know, try keeping a record of those things and see, you know, is doing a spell on a Sunday in the hour of Jupiter, does it have the same effect as doing a spell on, say, a Thursday in the hour of the sun? I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Before you go, I want to make sure that we stay connected. I want to make sure that you're on my VIP list because when you are, you are going to have access to all of my free resources. You're also going to get notifications on upcoming events, courses, offers that I have. So go to witchlifeacademy.lilithamberly.com. The link will be in the show notes and sign up for my VIP list. Until next time, have a wonderfully magical day.